Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. I'm going to share a video with you this morning that I'm sure many of you, if not all of you, have seen before. But if you have, maybe it was a long time ago, uh, maybe it was recently, just don't ruin it for the other people. That's all I'm asking. And this video presents you with one simple task. Count the number of times the players wearing white pass the basketball to other players. Let's watch the video. How many of you saw the gorilla the first time? See, look around. Not everyone saw the gorilla. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Thank you, Cameron. Our eyes can absolutely surprise us. What we see in the world is a complicated thing. It is a process of light and electrical signals and the things we are paying attention to or the things that we are looking for. And when our eyes perceive what we are expecting them to, we're comforted, we're affirmed, all is well in the world. But when our eyes reveal something to us that we were not expecting, that we don't understand, This puts us at dis-ease. And yes, I know that this isn't a real word, but in the scriptural passage that we hear today, it is talking about both a very real physical ailment, the man's blindness, and a spiritual one. Our tendency to think that we know the heart of God from within the ways of the world. This is the wilderness that we all find ourselves in. This is a wilderness of discomfort, of misalignment, of uncertainty, of ill health, of new wanderings, and unfamiliar desert wanderings. And there is dis-ease here. When the things we think we know are covered in mud, and an opportunity to see with the eyes of God are presented. How might God be inviting us to see the world through the wilderness we are in, through our dis-ease? And before we go there, I'm going to ask you to turn to your neighbor as we think about this today. And here's my question for you to ask them. Who is someone in your life 
or what is something, an experience, that has opened your eyes? This could be a person of influence in your life. It could be something you learned, a catalyst encounter. But who is someone or what is something that has opened your eyes? Have a conversation. I hope that you have had a chance to exchange a name or a moment. These conversations can last hours over a good meal or a hot cup of coffee, and I hope that you give them an opportunity to continue. Thank you. Let's gather ourselves back together with prayer. Holy One, open our eyes today to these words that are so strange and yet so familiar to us. May we see anew the call of Christ on our lives, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you. Amen. Rabbi, the disciples ask Jesus, who sinned? this man or his parents, that he was born blind. If you were to have left our 1045 church service last week and turned right out the doors of our building in no more than 250 steps, you would have stumbled across a group of individuals protesting the Calgary's LGBTQ2S plus community. And this protest was one of many that have been taking place around this city the past few months that seems to focus on uttering words of hate and threats of violence towards this community. And I wondered, as I learned about its happening, how a place like this sanctuary, sanctuary means safe space, how this sanctuary can exist filled with a dream of safety, filled with a dream of inclusivity, 
a community that is about to celebrate 15 years as an explicitly affirming ministry. I wondered how this place could exist in the same world, in the same block as that kind of protest. And then I read a passage like this. The disciples ask Jesus, Rabbi, who sinned that this man was born blind? Because this man was not like everyone else, because this man lived in circumstances that were unfamiliar to the disciples, because this man's experience was not what the disciples would have perhaps wished upon themselves, they see sin. Does that sound familiar? They perceive a lack of or a separation from God. These disciples experience a dis-ease, an opportunity for unsettling that is productive, an opportunity to see things different, and for a moment, they choose blindness. And Jesus turns around and tells them, there is no sin here. There is a lack of sight This man was born blind, so God's works might be revealed in him. This man's blindness was not a punishment resulting in ostracization from God. It was an opportunity for a revealing of God in himself, in the blind man, and in all of the world. This passage has a lot to teach us about our dis-ease in the wilderness. The man in this passage is asked over and over again, how could this happen? Why did this happen? Who did this? Over and over again, he is being asked to see the world as the world sees, to give an acceptable answer, to not rock the boat with a miracle story, to not profess faith in a God that the others don't understand. And over and over again, he says, I don't know how. I don't know how. I just know that it did. I don't know who. I just know it was of God. That kind of answer will always elicit a response of dis-ease. Things are shifting. It asks us to look at our assumptions. The neighbors in our passage ask, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? It can't be, can it? How? We make our own assumptions. We have our own perceptions based on what our eyes have seen. But as we saw earlier in our video example, what our eyes see is not necessarily what the eyes of another do, let alone the eyes of God. This passage is challenging us not to see with our eyes at all, but to zoom out and see with those kingdom, those kingdom eyes, those eyes of the divine, what does the creator of the world see here? Jesus tells us this is the place where God will be revealed, in the places our eyes perceive to be unworthy, 
the places our eyes are too afraid to travel, the places that might not make sense in the ways we have been taught to see. We need to ask God, we need to ask ourselves if what we assume or perceive when we encounter a different ability or gender or illness or sexuality or race or status is our own dis-ease. Is it our own blindness, our own discomfort, our own perception of the world, or is it God's? That's the question. The assumption that having gender-creative individuals reading stories to children at the library, which is a very Calgary-specific example for those of you who are online, is an uneasiness. And Jesus says he was not born this way as a result of sin. He was born this way to show us something else. What can we witness? Not what can we assume. What can we witness about God's vision from within the wilderness of our uncomfort. Our passage takes us through this long back and forth between the man who was healed and various groups of Jewish practitioners all wondering two things. How did this happen? And what could have done such a thing? Surely someone of God would not dare to heal on the Sabbath for then he would be a sinner too. It asks us to look at the culture around us. The dominant culture of this time, our passage time and place, was a religious one, belonging to a particular religion, and that religion was Judaism, a rich religious tradition of story and prophecy and monotheism, that means one God, and storytelling and law. And Jesus, despite being Jewish himself, saw things and proclaimed things a little differently. He was not disregarding the faith. He was interpreting it differently than it had been before. He was revealing God in a new way, a way that the dominant religious culture did not make room for or was blind to, a way that filled people with this dis-ease, this uneasiness. The Pharisees and the Jewish people ask the man, how did this happen? Who did this? And they say, we do not know where this man comes from. And the man who's been healed says, you do not know where he comes from. And yet, he opened my eyes. Our culture's dis-ease, uncomfortability with someone's being in the world or with something's being in the world, does not change what is true for that person or for God, but it might change what is true for you. I remember listening to a pastor tell the story of how her 90-year-old mother finally came around to understanding that her daughter loved other women, and for years it was a topic that was ignored or avoided, a topic that was angry, and finally, in the heat of an argument, the question was asked, why? Why can't you trust this for me? And her mother responded, if I change my mind now, I've been wrong for 90 years. When we are deeply rooted in the constructs and ideologies of a particular society or culture, 
it makes sense that we cannot see the gorilla through the basketballs. Our eyes are drawn to the things the world wants us to see, wants us to follow along with, wants us to align with. It makes sense that there is a strict focus on getting it right, whatever that means. The world is a cruel place when we start going against the grain. Look at where our story is leading us this Lent. The cross is our reminder that Jesus did not do what the world thought he should do. And it is also our reminder that when we consider the sight beyond our vision, beyond the dominant earthly vision, everything changes. Thy kingdom come. Our passage ends with this exchange between the newly sighted man and Jesus in the presence of the Pharisees. The man with new eyes has one question. Tell me who did this for me so I may believe in him. Notice how this question differentiates from that of the Pharisees and Jewish people. Instead of asking who in unbelief, the man asks who in complete and utter faith. And Jesus begins to teach him. This passage challenges us to be people of light in all the wilderness we encounter. I came into my office yesterday uh, as I was here speaking to the Ukrainian uh, English as a Learned Language class. And as I entered my office, I spotted a package on my desk that had been delivered. I told you there were a few this week. And this package came from one of our online congregants, Donna, and I have her permission to share its contents with you. She writes, I usually love the season of Lent. This year, my circumstances are that I have been in Lent earlier than expected. For exactly 40 days, I was in Princess Margaret Hospital undergoing a stem cell transplant. That process is not an easy one. In fact, you give up everything from your immune system to your pride. At the lowest of times when I was angry and pleading with God, all I had was pure faith and prayers from friends and near and far. You wrapped me in your arms, you wrapped me in prayer and pulled me through the darkness. And slowly I was nursed back to life, overcoming fevers and sickness to be able to move, to shuffle the hospital hall in circles like in a desert. Lent is a time of reflection, of letting go, of surrendering, of lingering long enough to eventually let God come alive in me again, or to let me see God in me. On the 40th day, I was released from the hospital. Platelets, hemoglobin, white blood cells, and neutrophils all growing in me. I literally have been reborn. Donna offers thank you to the community. And she encloses a small piece of fabric that she says has swaddled her throughout her time in the wilderness and will continue to do so as she is nurtured back to a full immune system. It is here in this struggle this grappling with this dis-ease we encounter over and over again in our lives. It is here where God blesses us and wraps us in the fabric of a divine love. 
Our eyes are restored to holiness through mud. It covers and it dries and it cracks. And as Leonard Cohen writes, that's how the light gets in. We are in the dirt this season. The wilderness is not a metaphor for us. This is our lives. You who are wondering if you, who you are is actually acceptable to God. You who are wondering if who someone loves is acceptable to God. You who heard the doctor give you news you have been dreading. You whose relationship is broken beyond repair and you are not able to move on or correct it. You are caked in Lenten dust, in the mud of Salome, and your eyes have never had an opportunity to be more open. So look and see now the kingdom of God. May it be so. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.